Well, thank you once again for joining us on Inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Subalero. I'm excited to be here. And I wonder, do I really got to just keep introducing myself? Can I just say thank you for coming to the show? It's me or whatever. How do I do that? I don't know. We have to figure that out. But today's Inside EMS podcast is sponsored by FirstNet. Built with AT&T, FirstNet uses the latest technology to keep your lines of communication and data open to help you respond faster, smarter, and safer. I'm going to have to introduce him. Here he is, my guy. The man next to the man, always in the chair to my right, Kelly Grayson. KG, how are you doing? Good, brother. Well, if, if you don't think you need to introduce yourself, why do you why do you think you need to introduce me? I mean, yeah, you can just say my sidekick. Right, right. My, or I my, could say my sidekick. That that's the way it should be. My Robin to the Batman, right? So, but uh, you know, just thinking about that, I mean, we've been doing that for five years. I think I've had a standard <laughs> opening for the same time. You know, every yeah. single time that we do this show. I mean, after all this time, though, I need to say I'm your host, Chris Abalero, or can I just say, hey, it's Chris, or, I mean, what do other shows do? It, it, how do you want us to open the show? Maybe you send us a little something on that, but anyway, I digress. But, you know, Kelly, I think, you know, one of the things that we always talk about is, you know, partnerships, and uh, mm-hmm. a while ago, you and I, uh, you know, had an article that we kind of did together, and we did a show on, you know, how to have the best partnership, and there are some times that we're in business that we're in our day, that we have conflict and uh, people may question what we're doing or people may have challenges with what we're doing. And, you know, then now we're in the middle of a conflict with that person. And how do we deal with that conflict? How do we, how do we communicate inside that conflict? How do we not allow our emotions to dictate our actions? In my book, Ultimate Leadership, 10 Rules for Success, I was a horrible leader in the beginning and I had to develop rules to keep me from making the mistakes and the failures that I had, rule number one was never allow your emotions to dictate your actions. How do you how do you think I came up with that rule, Kelly? Uh, probably let your emotions dictate your actions one time, and it burned you bad. That's right. So I mean, it doesn't take a brick house to fall on you, and that was there. That's why he's the best color man in the business, ladies and gentlemen. But <laughs> I mean, but you're absolutely right. Is I allowed my emotions to dictate my actions, and when you say that it bit you really bad, Kelly. That followed me around like a black cloud for almost a decade. That was nothing that went away easy. No matter how many times I you know, said I was sorry, no matter how many times I you know, tried to make amends. And then when the old people would leave and new people would come into the organization, they heard about what Chris Subalero did and yelled at the workforce and pointed his finger at the workforce and used swear words to the workforce. And this was a failure. And hence mm-hmm. my rule, never allow your emotions to dictate your actions. Today, I would like to be able to focus on this, this behavior, right? When someone is challenging to you or someone is questioning you, and, that, and that's the big thing about EMS. You know, I've said it a long time, and I'm going to go on a ramble here. So sit back, Kelly, and put your feet up. Um, you know, I've said this a long, you know, a whole bunch of times is that, you know, EMS is a very egotistical business. And sometimes mm-hmm. when people question us, that ego comes out and doesn't allow us to think rationally because we're in the, we're in the step of saying, well, who the heck does this guy think he is to question me about my medicine? But I want to be able to give some tips and I want to be able to give some tools that we can kind of talk about today that'll keep you from allowing your emotions to dictate your actions. But I'm going to kick it to you now. So when you think about this, you've probably been in this situation as well. And here's the question I want to ask you. When people challenge you, or when people question you, or when people, you know, maybe uh, have a snide remark about how you treated somebody, how does that make you feel? But more importantly, why does it make you feel that way? Um, 
I imagine it stings the worst when you know that it, that their criticism is true. Uh, it, it is for me. Um, you hit upon something that that's uh, personal to me uh, just recently, because uh, one of the things I've noticed about my own mental and emotional health is that my anger thermostat has been set to broil uh, for the last several years. And I, I've always been a person that, that, uh, feared my anger from, from the time I was a, a little kid, uh, lots of, uh, emotional and personal trauma as a kid, but, but, uh, I feared what I could do with my temper. Uh, but I was good at keeping it under control. Uh, and lately, uh, it has, it has, uh, uh grown out of control in my personal relationships. And I have lashed out at the people that are nearest and dearest to me, uh, and let my anger control me. I let my emotions dictate my actions and it's a, uh, it's been corrosive, man. It's, it's ruined a relationship that I'm hoping to, to try to rebuild, but it's uh it's an ugly part of me that I've had to, to um, evaluate coldly and objectively uh, to see what's going on with me that makes me react that way. And, and one of the things I've been doing is, is seeing a therapist uh, about that very thing um, uh, to see where the anger comes from. I know where, I know where not, uh, uh, or I know where, uh, where lashing out comes from, um, what my triggers are, uh, but why is my anger so high? Uh, I, I do not know. And that's what I'm working on with the therapist, but uh, it just, um, you know, I, I think when the criticism is fair and and it's valid and you have even the slightest bit of introspection and know that what you're doing and the way you feel is is not right um, and somebody points it out to you, uh, that flares it up big time. Um, uh, I think that a, a sane person or a uh, or a, an empathetic person uh uh, is stung the most when when they see some uh, they engage in behavior that, when pointed out to them, should make them ashamed, and that's when yeah. it sticks me the worst. Yeah, and I think that you bring up a lot of great points, and I certainly wasn't I didn't want to make this about you. Oh, I dude. mean, the, no, you brother, know, I, I yeah. What's happening today is I was in a meeting that you know caused me to go in down this line, and I want to be able to talk about some of the challenges I think that are going on. One of the first things that I want, I kind of asked you, I mean, why do you feel this way, right? Why do you get defensive? And, mm -hmm. and I really want to talk about emotional intelligence and where emotional intelligence falls in our ability to um, handle situations like this, right? There are five components of emotional intelligence. First is self-awareness. Next is self-control or self-regulation. Next is motivation, which is self-motivation, how to keep yourself motivated, having empathy for people and putting yourself in their shoes. Um, because they're, you know, they're uh, it, the way that they're addressing you or their stupidity or whatever you want to look mm -hmm. at it. We need to understand why they're saying that. It could be an experience. You know, uh, one of the things that I uh, would talk about all the time is that in my career, I knew what it was like to live paycheck to paycheck. I knew what it was like to have a poor partner. I knew what it was like to have a schedule that sucked. I knew what it was like not to have the equipment to do my job. And then when I became an EMS leader, none of the none of the things that people were complaining about were any different. But I didn't seem yeah. to have empathy for them. And I said, well, you figure it out like I had to figure it out, right? Which was wrong. And then the final thing, the fifth component 
of emotional intelligence is social skills, really kind of your conflict resolution skills and your communication yeah. skills, right? But the first thing, and I want to spend some time on this, is self-awareness. And I believe as a leadership consultant outside of EMS or inside of EMS that our most important characteristic as a leader is to have good self-awareness. We have to understand why, why we do the things we do, why we get upset, why we yell, why we want to fight with somebody when they threaten us or challenge us. And self-awareness is very, very important. When we have a high degree of self-awareness, we're going to be able to understand and no one's going to have the ability to push our buttons. So the first thing that I want to give you is if you're somebody that feels emotional or allows themselves to get spun up when somebody pushes your buttons, I want you to spend some time and maybe you sit in your favorite chair and maybe you have your favorite beverage and have a, and have a pen and paper. And I want you to write down the why. Be self-aware. Reflect on what is it that's making you upset? What is it that you feel that you're not in control of? What is it you feel that you've been slighted for? But until you understand why, you're never going to have the command of controlling the why with self-regulation, self-control, which is second. And I'll just end with this, Kelly. I'll give you a floor here a little bit is you know, the best line, one of my favorite quotes from the Godfather, it's not, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. It's, it's not personal. It's strictly business. Anything that happens in business is business. It's not personal. In your, in your life outside, no one can make you feel anything you choose not to feel. You know, you talk about therapists when you sit on a couch and you're paying somebody $200 an hour, they're going to teach you that no one can make you feel anything you choose not to feel. But I'll give you the floor. You're absolutely right. You know, um, it's you grant people a power over you that that is entirely within your control, uh, whether you grant them that power or not. Um, the problem is, is when you're when you're experiencing those emotions, uh, sometimes the, the rationality and the objectivity uh, and the introspection is not foremost in your mind. Um, when you are upset and emotional, uh, it's hard to be aware uh, of the problem. And, and talking about that sort of thing dispassionately with someone uh, helps you get that, that introspection and that self-awareness. Uh, I've always been aware, always been aware that my anger was a problem. Uh, I've always been aware that, that uh, <laughs> jokingly say, you know, that uh, if it felt good to say it was the wrong thing. Um, I've, I've made a career on that. Uh, <laughs> I say, joke that it's my EMS superpower that I can say some pretty outlandish things and, and suffer no repercussions. Um, uh, and that's silly to, to be proud of that sort of thing. Um, what would be better is if I did not say those things or did not do those things, um, uh, regardless of, of how well I can escape the consequences because of uh, 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 overall good nature and good comedic timing. Um, uh, yeah, I think self-awareness in any leader is is essential because uh, the first thing you have to realize about yourself is you don't know every single answer. And and we type A personalities that come into EMS, you know, we're, we're action oriented, we're results oriented, we want to see, uh, we think that we can do the best thing, uh, uh, do the best job. That's why you became a service director. That's why I became an educator and, and, and a field supervisor and those sorts of things. We think we can do it better than the other guy 
who's a candidate or the other girl who's a candidate for the role. Uh, that's the nature of, of what we do. However, uh, when you start to think that you know all of the answers, uh, you're lacking a lot of self-awareness and that uh, uh, a whole lot of uh, learning can, can occur if you, uh, if you just look inward a little bit. Admit yeah. that you don't know everything. Yeah, I think you're right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you why this happens. I'm gonna give you a little bit of the biology, physiology of why this happens to us, of why we feel our emotion. But before we do that, Kelly, let's go ahead and take a minute for our mid-show read. Let's go. Everyone in EMS deserves a reliable communication network like FirstNet, built with AT&T. Your fellow public safety professionals at more than 19,500 agencies nationwide rely on FirstNet to make sure they have the connectivity and data they need to care for patients. And FirstNet is now offering increased coverage in rural and tribal areas. So whether you're looking for an individual plan or an agency-wide solution, you can join FirstNet and check out their limited-time special offers at FirstNet.com. So before we went to the break, I kind of talked about that we have no choice but to feel our emotions first. Everything that we do is based on electrical signal. Whatever we see, whatever we touch, whatever we taste, whatever we smell, it creates a electrical signal, which goes into our spinal cord, which goes up through the foramen magnum, which goes into our brain and stops at a little place we'd like to call the limbic system, right? This is responsible yeah. for our fight or flight our, our um, lizard response. Brain. Exactly. It's our fight or flight response. And we automatically feel the emotion first. Then that signal goes to the frontal lobe where logic and reason lives. Now, it happens almost momentarily. I mean, it happens in a split second, right? And that's mm -hmm. why you always hear people say, if you feel yourself getting upset, count to 10 or take 10 deep breaths. What you need to do is you need to try to make logic of that emotion. You need to try to make logic of that feeling. But here's, here's the secret now, Kelly, just because something happened and I'm now angry and now it's gone to my frontal lobe. And I said, this is just Kelly being Kelly. I still feel the emotion, right? I've made logic of it to say, you know, Kelly's just an idiot and he's making me upset. And I just want to rip his arm off and beat him with it. That emotion isn't going to go away right away. So I still feel the emotion. Now, if I'm interacting with somebody I may start to be defensive because of that. And sometimes it's best to say, when you feel yourself getting upset, and this is where we start to talk about maybe some of the tools and tips is to say, look, I didn't really appreciate what you said. I'm not in a position right now to respond to it. I would Let's talk about it later, or let's interact about it later. Um, but as soon as you allow your emotions to dictate your actions and you get face to face and nose to nose, you've dropped your pants, you've shown your butt, and you're not going to be able to rehabilitate yourself in that situation. You know, Kelly, there are people who know how to push buttons that they do it on purpose. They do it because they know it makes you angry. They're doing because they know that you're going to be upset. They do it because they can control that emotion in you. And if you don't are not able to control your emotions, they're doing exactly what they want to do. No one can make you feel anything that you choose not to feel but they know that they can make you feel that way, right? And I think that that's where that challenge mm -hmm. is. So it's, if somebody pushes your buttons and you feel yourself getting spun up and you feel yourself getting emotional and you feel yourself getting angry, you've got to remove yourself from the situation unless you have a high degree of emotional intelligence where you can say, let's discuss this like people. Now, this is, this is very, very hard to do. You know, Kelly, like you, 
I grew up in New York City. It was tough growing up in New York City. It was, it was almost fight. I had to fight almost every day. There were some fights I won. There were some fights I lost. There were some fights I started. There were some fights I had to defend. Um, but I would fight him. I would fight. I was bad. I was like you. I didn't hide my emotion. I, it was outward. I wanted to mm -hmm. rip your throat out. You know, I wanted to do the, but I had to learn how not to do it. So now I'm in a place where I have a high degree of emotional intelligence, where if someone challenges me or if someone's uh, negative to me, or if someone's disrespecting to me, I can sit there and I could talk about it without allowing my emotions to dictate my actions because it's taken me decades to get to that point of understanding my why, my reflection, my, um, my understanding my self-awareness, but I'll give you the floor. I want to throw the question back at you. When you, what do you do when you can't disengage? When you can't disengage, rein your emotions in, uh, get the anger, anger under control and, and, or the emotion under control and, and uh, not let your emotions dictate your actions. What do you do when you can't engage? And let's, let's just say for the sake of argument that the person that won't let you disengage or the situation don't let you disengage is not overtly pushing your buttons. It's just, uh, it's just the situation or just the way that that particular person deals with conflict um, uh, is, is contrary to your own coping mechanisms. Yeah, I think that that's a really good question. And one of the things that you've got to be able to do is if you're in a partnership, uh, my partner in my truck, if you're describing that, I need to be able, I need to be able for them to understand that I can't talk about it right now. Um, you know, in the case of what you're saying, Kelly, is that you mm -hmm. allow yourself to get emotional, and now you're getting angry. Um, if you can't control that, you have to be able to be removed from the situation. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Because if the situation continues to move forward, I have no choice until I can learn to react differently. I have no choice but to respond to it aggressively because I haven't learned that in myself yet. So if I have a partner on the truck and they have the ability to push my buttons and then they want to continue, I have to be able to get them to understand that this is only going to result in something very, very bad um, and we need to stop it. Please give me the opportunity. I'll get out of the truck. I'll do whatever I have to do. So there has to be that understanding. I know you want to talk about it. I know you have a point. I know you have a position, but you've got to give me this opportunity to settle down because I can't intelligently and rationally discuss this with you any longer. Then the, the, the real catalyst has to be, how do you keep yourself from making that happen? There's a why, Kelly. There's a why as to why I'm feeling that way. And a lot of times, believe it or not, it's because, and especially with paramedics and EMTs, we have the propensity that we're type A individuals. We want to control everything, right? So we feel like we have to control the situation. We're not allowing ourselves to be vulnerable in the situation. And because the way that we have to control things is not going our way, that now causes us to be aggressive and to be angry. One of the things that we know is that if I act like a bully, if I start to puff my ch you know, chest up, if I start to get engaged, uh, what could be physical, maybe they'll back down more. If I start to growl like a bear, if I start to bark, maybe they'll back down. Well, you know what? The people who don't know you may, may back down, but the people who know you very well, they're not going to back down because they're not scared. They know who you are yeah. as a person. 
right? So the, the, you really have to be able to get to the why. And I got to tell you, man, self-awareness is the king of your ability to be, um, um, you know, to control your emotions, right? When we talk about this, you mentioned as a leader, as a leader, as a leader, I, I don't want to talk about this from a leadership standpoint. As a human I want I want to talk about this as an individual standpoint, because we all have the ability to be in these situations that allow us to um, allow the situation to control us, right? And this just isn't, I just want to I make this comment as well. This just isn't for the bad things. This just isn't for the, the negative things. This isn't for the thing. But these are things when we're happy sometimes. When I've made decisions when I've been in a great mood that I shouldn't have made because I allowed my emotion to dictate my actions. Instead of being rational, instead of being logical, I allowed the happiness to say, yeah, go ahead and go out, come home at one o'clock in the morning. And then my kid decided to drink and wreck his car and blah, blah, blah. Was that his fault or was it my fault for not yeah. sticking to the guns of saying, come on when you were supposed to, right? I don't know that, but we have to be able to consider that. So I, I want to just end with this as we're getting up there in time, Kelly, I'll give you the last word here, is that when you are in a position to have a high degree of emotional intelligence and you understand your, you have good self-awareness and you know your why as to why things are making you upset and you're able to control your emotions, you become more powerful as an individual because now you can be logical and now you can be rational. When we're spun up and we're allowing our emotions to dictate our actions, we really kind of lose the ability for critical thinking. We lose the ability for problem solving. So to keep ourselves on an even keel that we're not allowing our emotions to spin us up, um, we become more powerful and we're able to master our emotions. And that's really where I want to get everybody to. And I know this, this show has gone by quick, um, but do some research on emotional intelligence and read the components of emotional intelligence and really try to practice them. You're not going to be self-aware tomorrow. And this is going to be a hard road, ladies and gentlemen. But you know what? For our own self-preservation, we've got to be able to understand and control our emotions. And it's taken me decades to get here. But Kelly, I'm going to give you the last word before we got to get up on out of here. Well, you, you mentioned the why, and, and I'm still at work figuring out my why. Um, but but there's another culprit that is uh, uh, that is a Y, and it's the letter Y, as in Y chromosome. <laughs> You know, we men uh, in general uh, are not intuitive uh, and and tend to adopt practical solutions to, to, to problems when our partners tend to, uh, especially if it's a female partner in our personal life or, or on the truck, uh, where they tend to be more intuitive and in, in, in thinking and feeling, uh, where, whereas we tend to, tend to be more pragmatic. Uh, and that hinders us in being emotionally intelligent, not only about ourselves, because we lack the the self-awareness uh, and the, the intuition about our own behavior, but we also lack the intuition to understand where the opposing uh, party is coming from and understanding their emotional position. And, and one of the best things you can do for yourself is try to cultivate that awareness and that intuition and uh, try to consider where the other person's coming from, how they're feeling, uh, and, and seeing their side of the argument. Uh, it will result in a whole lot smoother professional path for you and a whole lot smoother personal relationships for you down the road. And that's something that I am learning in hindsight, uh, but hopefully learning. 
But hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. Do your emotions dictate your actions? Do you get uh, find yourself getting hot-headed and doing things or saying things that you shouldn't? How do you cope with it? What are you doing to change that behavior? Email us at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Civilero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. You guys take care of each other. We'll catch you next week.